I would love to believe that if I was among the crowds sitting there by the Sea of Galilee, anxiously awaiting the words of this wonder-working rabbi, that I would have been one of those who heard the parable of the sower and thought to myself, oh yeah, I totally get that one. But I'm not sure that's the case. Then or now. One of the challenges for us as we hear this parable is that it is just too darn familiar. Oh, there's the sower, and the seeds get thrown everywhere. Had they no aim? And then there's the, uh, the path. That can't be me. I'm hearing the story. And then there's the rocky ground. I've got root to my joy, don't I? And then there's those thorns. Don't want to be those. And then there's the good soil. That's where I am, maybe. Great. And one of the truths about parables is that they're always meant to disrupt us. Jesus tells them because somehow the people of the Galilee and beyond just couldn't grasp what he was pointing to, which was the kingdom of the heavens. You see, in the daily grind of life, they, we, don't easily perceive what is actually around us and within us. Just speaking aloud a, a deep and important and pervasive truth doesn't mean that people will actually get it. No, in order to understand a mystery like the realm of heavens, you have to somehow enter it. And in that way, parables are more poetry than prose. They throw, belay, a vision of what can be, of what is supposed to be, alongside, para, what currently is. So why did Jesus begin this cascade of parables in Matthew's gospel with this one? Just what was he throwing this alongside? A couple of weeks ago, I was in conversation with some friends about the conversion of heart that may or may not be taking place in this country around racial justice. We were white folks and black folks in this conversation, and at a certain point, one of my friends said, I am praying for God to change this country, to make it right, which kind of stunned another one of my friends who quickly replied, but that's not how I understand God to work. And my first friend was kind of stunned and actually a little bit hurt. So friend number two quickly followed with, I mean, God can work through us, but God can't work independent of us. This week, that conversation 
kept coming back up for me. How is it that we enter the realm of heaven? Is it something that God does for us? Just how powerful is this seed? What does it need? What do we need to grow? How does this kingdom come? Back to my uh, seat by the Sea of Galilee. One of the reasons why I don't think that I would have gotten it that day is because of the disciples' own response to this parable. And so, I find, um, I find that this part of the story, which actually is um, left out of the lectionary, we added it back in to, uh, to our, our story today, I find this part to be actually pretty critical to the telling of this gospel. Because Jesus essentially tells his disciples that people often don't get it. And I wonder if Jesus and maybe the editor of this gospel were essentially answering this question. If the kingdom of heaven were so true and so real, then why doesn't everyone believe and respond? How is it that there is truth all around us and we continue to live as if it does not exist? How is it that the world continues to be unjust and cruel? How is it that we just don't see or hear? These questions are thousands of years old, and yet I think I, I'm asking them, it feels like on a daily basis, of our leaders, of our fellow citizens, of myself. And I believe this is what prompts Jesus' response, and it's actually, a, it, it can feel like a harsh one. Now, I'm going to take a step back and say, in general, I understand that sometimes Jesus makes descriptive statements, as in seeing, saying what he sees. And other times, Jesus makes prescriptive statements, as in how people should live. And so, in our gospel this morning, in that Verse 13, when Jesus says, This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. I believe that Jesus is speaking descriptively here. And that he is describing what uh, many of us have been doing in these United States for decades and decades, for centuries. We look at people around us, at the suffering, but do not see. We listen to stories of injustice, but do not hear. 
Jesus throws alongside these stories we need to enter because when we are so bound up in the systems that are largely invisible but exert tremendous gravitational force, sometimes it's only through participation in a parable that we are able to perceive the callousness of our heart. And so this is why I felt it was so important for us to hear this middle teaching of Jesus. When he picks up the prophet Isaiah to speak to those disciples, to speak to us, because he's speaking as much to us as he was to his own generation. When the prophet writes, For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears. They have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes. They might hear with their ears. Understand with their hearts. And turn. And I would heal them. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn. And I would heal them. If we are willing to turn, it is God's desire to heal. Let anyone with ears listen. That, I believe, is the descriptive understanding of this parable of the sower. But in this case, Jesus does not stop there. In an unusual twist, he then retells the parable. And now, friends, now it gets prescriptive. Because in this telling of the parable, he illustrates what happens when the seed, the message about the kingdom, lands in different kinds of soil. And this teaching then follows directly from his teaching from Isaiah about the dullness, the callousness, the thickness, the underlying state of our heart. You see, the realm of heaven must be able to break the surface. Our hearts cannot be so well trodden as to ignore the call to repent. And when we hear that call, we must soften our hearts to allow the word to root so that we can endure. For the heat of the sun surely will scorch. And we must be alert to the traps that tell us that our own comfort, our own ease, that will keep us safe. This is why it's also prescriptive. For the kingdom of the heavens is found in the response of the seed with the soil. The kingdom of the heavens always exists in the potential and the scattering of the seed, but it comes to life in our response. When we enter into the parable, when we clear the stone and set aside the thorn, 
when we hold the message of the kingdom alongside our lives, then we bear fruit. And the yield is the kingdom of the heavens here among us, within us. Remember, friends, during these days of hardship and uncertainty, the sower sows. Because everyone, no matter where they are, no matter the soil they're in, the sower sows because everyone deserves the seed. The sower sows because even when we are unsure of our own capacity to change, the sower sows because they want every life to flourish. The sower sows because they can see the turn. They can see the turn in even the most hardened of hearts. The sower sows because they are yearning for the healing of the world. No matter how bleak the day, no matter how long the night, the sower is going to sow because that is what the sower does. And it is for us to ready our hearts to respond.